and Eve Sarianos. Hello, I'm Emily Gilmarrett. Hi, I'm Adam Gifford. This is the School of School Podcast. Are you a math teacher looking for an assessment tool that can give you a detailed look into learner or class achievement? With Insights, it's all in one place. Make sense of assessment data so you can strategically plan and teach lessons. Insights, it's assessment for advancement. Visit mathsnoproblem.com for more information. Hello everyone. So today we um, are going to be thinking about spelling tests. And um, I'm really intrigued about this at the moment. It's something I pay a ridiculous amount of attention to, um, both for um, professional reasons, but as a parent as well. Um, So I'm intrigued by the fact that children still come home with lists of spellings that they should be learning. And whether this is just something that is essential and continues and... um, has been around for a very, very long time and should continue, or whether there's in fact a better way of doing it. So I feel very lucky to have you, Adam, today, because I'm going to ask you some some of your thoughts on, on, the old, on the old spelling test. Previous times we've talked about routines, and in, in many schools the, the weekly spelling test seems to be um, a pretty major event um, for all age groups, I hasten to add. So the two things that I'm interested in is... Are spelling tests essential? Do children need to be tested on their spellings? If they are essential, are we using the the teaching the spelling and then testing the right things? And that is because of the change in, in the use of phonics. So children, if they're blending, if they're segmenting for spelling, um, having random lists of long words without any kind of, I guess, Um, sense of them being together to help the children practice a particular say grapheme or something like that is that the best way of doing it I don't know what do you think Adam do you know this is really interesting because uh so I I work primarily in math like mathematics education it's what I read about more than anything else and so when you ask me about this I immediately freaked out because I've I've got I think a conscious bias because my spelling's not very good. Like, I am probably the world's fastest with a dictionary, genuinely. I, I sit with a dictionary, and I flip through dictionary words at a phenomenal rate. More more than, like, yes, there's spell checks, but I'll often consult the dictionary, right? So I, I struggle with this a little bit, because I can talk till the cows come home about, you, you know, the, the multiplication tables on a Friday and those sorts of things. But the spelling test, so... I used to remember the little notebook I had at primary school in the 70s that had the words, and I'd always get words like beautiful wrong. And there was a television program called Heart to Heart, and it was spelled H-A-R-T on the tally. And so I got that wrong in the spelling test because that's not how you spell heart. But I was thinking, yes, it is. I've seen it on the tally a hundred times. This is exactly how you spell heart. So stuff like this. So I've got this funny relationship with 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 spelling and I think that my experience can't have been as good as it should be because I'm an avid reader and I I just assume that there's an absolute correlation between reading a lot and seeing words often and the ability to spell them well and I think that it, it must be governed by 
focusing on the patterns and words or understanding not just word as a as a as a series of you know however many symbols that you just memorize and spit back out because uh, if you memorize them wrong like I did with beautiful I'd always get nine out of ten and you always had to do the word that you got wrong the following week so I'd be beautiful all the way around wrong 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 because that's how I memorized it to start with I was on a hiding to nothing before I even started so I think I think with with these things I think and, and I liken this when I was talking about the, the multiplication tables I think if you use and you understand why you're learning them and how they can be utilized elsewhere and how they can help you access new learning and how they can help you spell heart and beautiful well then then perhaps there's a, a place for them but if it's just memorizing something for one day there's a lot of words in the dictionary you know and I'm not I'm not convinced that 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 without spotting patterns and understanding how words are constructed, then I think that we're missing a trick. Andy, you're smiling. Go on. T- t- what about you and spelling? I mean, you're. Yeah, you know. Look, my spelling is horrible, right? You know. Yeah, and and you and and I'm ashamed of it. You know, I'm ashamed of it, right? I, like, but I don't. know. Is it my fault that my spelling is bad? I don't know. That's kind of an interesting question. But if you want to make me feel really stupid, right? If you want to make me feel really stupid, just point out that I used the wrong spelling, or maybe I used the wrong there. You know, I spelled it T H E R E when I should have put in T H E I R. And it's not that I don't get it, or that I don't know when to use. It's just sometimes you just kind of like you make a mistake, right? And it just sort of happens because you know you're busy thinking about what you're trying to say, not how to spell the word or whatever. I don't know, you know. But it's an interesting question. Is it important? that people know how to spell words. Well, look, you know, it's a convention and we should all agree on the convention and and we should all try to use it. It's important that we all agree that this is how you spell this word. Otherwise, that never used to exist, by the way. Yeah, you know, but you know, it's like, okay, this is how you spell this word. That's great. Does it matter if you get it wrong? I don't think it really matters as long as people know what you're trying to say. You can make the same argument about all kinds of different things. like addition tables or multiplication tables. Like, does it matter if you don't know what seven times eight is off the top of your head? Like, does that, is that really important? Of course you want people to know what it is, right? Because it's helpful. You know, of course you want to know how to spell a word because it's helpful and it's useful. Um, but is it worth making somebody feel stupid about? That's a different question and maybe a more profound one, right? I don't know the answer to this. I really don't. I really don't. All I know is is that like my wife is impeccable grammar and spelling and very, very important to her and very and she's you know, it's always been important. And it's important to everyone in her family. And it's super important and they're all so good at it and I'm jealous. It is interesting that you were saying about your wife, so she's a speller, it really matters. I wonder how she was taught with the spelling. And I and I and I wonder whether sometimes the what, you know we've talked before about cognitive load, but like whether teaching the spelling test of just thousands, millions of individual words, whether actually testing more substantial, um, chunky rules, if you like, would would be a smarter way of 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 doing things, or you know, so um, for example, we talked about you know, understanding the root words a bit later on, like the root words, and then you've got your prefixes and your suffixes, and knowing what the rule is, so you don't have to worry about learning the whole 
the whole word like unsuccessful because you know you've learned success but so you know what the rule is and you're not going to be taking off an s to add f-u-l or you're not going to ever add f-f-u-l like there are certain rules that if you apply those you only have to learn once and most of the time it's like completely it 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 works and that actually it would be more useful to assess people progress based on their understanding of the conventions of it and for younger children i would say maybe in ensuring that they've they've nailed their um their uh, phonics that you know in terms of their spelling their segmenting to spell and that they know that that what are the different ways that you can write a a i a y for may pay day a split digraph e for cake and understanding because then you're not going to have a situation where you once you've learned those rules you can there's always exceptions to a rule but you can generally apply them and there's one which I learned that I just absolutely love, which most words that where you need to protect the short vowel sound, you have double letters to shield. So words like carrot, you'll never spell wrong again because to have the ah, you would have to do C-A double R. The double R makes the ah, ah, and not A, and then O-T. And if you do that, not doesn't work for everything, but like palette or... um. I don't know, it doesn't work for everything, but it's just such a useful thing that predominantly that kind of thing works. And you think if we could if we could help have some like useful things like that, it would be really helpful. So, okay, I'm going to I'm going to just throw a twist on that. What you just said there, Emily. So, you know, for me, when I grew up, um, my dad spoke to us in Greek and my mom spoke to us in French and they spoke to each other in English. Okay. I don't think I even noticed that the I don't think I even consciously knew that those were three different languages till I was probably went to primary school. And the only reason I went to English primary school was because the Catholic French school wouldn't have us because my father was Greek Orthodox. Just the only reason I went to English school, right? Yeah, so this is like, we're going back now. This is like the 60s that we're talking about here, right? So things were different. Yeah, they can't see my face, so Andy's just like yeah. terrified. No, that's, obvious, just the, that's just the truth yeah. of it, right? But anyway, so so like all those things, none of them apply to my reality because like those rules are all different in different languages, right? So there's no logic to any of it. So I couldn't make any sense of it. And I always joke when people say, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm not very good at spelling or whatever, but yeah, I can spell three languages, but I'm not very good at any of them, right? And that's kind of my sort of, you know, ha, ha, ha moment. But rules based around spelling is kind of a tough one for me because there's so many exceptions and it's just too many rules to remember, right? You know, do this except in this instance, and in that instance, do it this way. But that doesn't apply in French or in Greek. So to me, it's kind of just random nonsense, right? But if you were to go to school and let's say you're learning English, because in that school, that was the subject that you were learning. I can't help you with the French and the Greek, Andy. They will have their own rules. I do not know what that is, but... In terms of as a child, if a child's going into a school and they're learning English, I do think that predominantly there are more rules, shall we say, and patterns. I liked the word that Adam used of patterns and certain conventions and structures. 
and there's like linguistical things that you can you you can you know understanding where the words have come from actually can assist in in making you know in checking out like chef being you know the the ch makes the sh sound there's not that many words that do that what are they where do they come from and you know having that discussion but i think that there's it's it's easier to teach the core not easier but it's helpful to teach those core and that there's less there's less spellings that you have to learn to learn based on the majority of the rules and fewer exceptions than if you have to sit down each week i i think uh, this is not this is not tested as far as i know but then trying to go and take every word and learn it and just learn to spell it just randomly without any kind of information i think there's a chance to have more of a mastery of the spelling process so that you can actually put it together look i agree i agree Hans. I, I wish like i would love i'd love if i was to rewind time i'd love you in that 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 way of learning spelling i'd love to have a crack at it i would because it's not like i grew up in a in a, in a word poor house my dad's a journalist his dad was a journalist and editor of a newspaper my grandmother we used to play games that always centered around words Right, so so it wasn't like words weren't important in my place. They were they were gold, you know. But I think that the way we learnt it was: here's your list for the week. Here's your list for the week. Here's your list for the week. And there were I like when when the the spag the spelling punctuation and grammar test came into schools, it freaked me out. I was in senior leadership at the time because I'd never been taught at school. I don't know if it was a thing in the seventies in New Zealand or whether it was just our school. But like my dad can can teach me and say that sentence works, that sentence doesn't, you know. Like like that's his that's his job. He's done it for sixty plus years. But never once have I heard him utter any of the 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 grammatical descriptions that you know or the, the 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 phraseology that's in the spelling, punctuation, and grammar test. And I just think you know I know I have to work really hard at spelling. I know I work hard at it. And, and it's just, that's the norm. But I just, I, I, I would love to have a go, you know, if I could rewind time, it's something that's well constructed and teaches me those sorts of things. And, and I found that, again, I only relate it to learning a language because the grammatical structures, I, I don't identify as easily. I, I can speak some languages, but they're very kind of, I don't know, sort of street language like I've just picked it up from people speaking it as opposed to this is the grammatically correct way to do it and and I would reach a plateau I would stop and people who who had that grammatical knowledge found it easier to go on because they could understand the rules in in, in certain languages and relate it to other languages where I was just was probably just memorization you know I just learned it in this way because I'd heard it often enough and so I could speak it but <laughs> but it was it was brute force learning. Hey Adam, can I ask you a question? Let's put you at the chalk face, right? So here you are. Yeah. And you're doing you do a lot of professional development. You teach teachers a lot, right? Now you're standing at you're standing at that chalkboard and you got to write beautiful down and then you're not really sure how to spell it because for all the reasons you said. And then you write it and then how do you feel? Yeah, no, no, I, I'm, I'm quite upfront about it, eh? Like I will say, if people often in training, oh, you, you, Andy, you shouldn't listen to this. Uh, in training, I'll often say, oh, I'm about to spell, I'm about to have a crack at something, just tell me if I get it wrong. 
because there's there's a chance that I'm going to. And even when people tell me, they start to say, spell it like this. And even they're telling me the letters, it still doesn't quite fit properly. I have to really concentrate with certain wrong. words. Not not all of them, but but no no no. I'm I'm quite I'm quite at home about it, and well not at home because it, it's it, I don't want to be seen as an excuse. That's the other thing. I don't think you should like you, you need to work hard at these things because I think it you should have well you, you should do your best and not just say well I can't do it therefore that's that's my level. But no, 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 if I was about to write beautiful, yeah, I'd tell the crowd, eh? I'd be like, team, we're going into dangerous waters here, eh? Just keep an eye out because this could go horribly wrong. So if it does, right. just sing out for sure. So good for you. So you're like super honest about it, right? Absolutely. You come to terms with it. And yeah, that's yeah, great, yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. See, I, I feel horribly ashamed and, and I, I will scribble it deliberately so that it's illegible. So that no one notices that I misspelled it. <laughs> oh, I've been there too, though. I guess a coping strategy for me when I do yeah. that professional development kind of thing. I'm like, well, I'm not sure how to spell this word. Yeah. So I'm yeah, just going to yeah. write it really messy, make it look like I'm in a hurry, so no one can read what I wrote. Yeah, I've been. It it's good like for the vowels, right? eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the vowels are often for me the ones that are a bit illegible. I wonder why that is. I wasn't sure if it was an I or an E. Oh, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but my point is, I feel terribly ashamed. And I try to hide it, right? Now, I'm not saying that's right, but that's just interesting, right? So, I don't know. So, they, so let's go back to the question. So, what's the point of a spelling test? Is it to shame people who can't spell? Or is it to teach them spelling? Or what? what's the purpose? I can tell you what the outcome is. If you give me a spelling test, I'll be terribly ashamed at how many words I can't spell properly. That's how I feel. Even as an adult, I can only imagine when I was a child, I would have probably felt the same way. Um, so what is the point of a spelling test? I can only assume it's motivation, that it's seen as a, as a form of a mo- motivation. Would it motivate me? Would it make me spring out of bed and want to, oh, let's get spelling? No, because I was always desperate to get 10 out of 10. And flipping heart and beautiful would rear their ugly heads. <laughs> it was always been nine. Oh, God. And I'd worked so hard. So I, I, think, I think they must be seen as a form of... They, they can only be seen as a form of motivation. Otherwise... Like, without, unless it's just the motivation, it would suggest that there's no writing going on in class where you can't see it in the wild, you know? Because if you can see it in the wild and words are being used, uh, or, so, or there's, there's a specific set that have a specific reason to know that this is it as part of a program. But I'm thinking of like the spelling in the notebook on a Friday afternoon. I think it's that it's that one that unless it's well constructed and designed, uh, then it, it's kind of the motivation to get you to practice. Go on, Emily. Come on, tell us. Tell us. You're the wise one here. Let's. No, I, I'm. I'm. I'm really not. And I, I, there's plenty of words that I don't spell correctly. Um, but I think it. You just started to hint on something there, Adam, and that was around. I think there's something about maths mastery, which is why I was always quite intrigued by it as someone who generally looks at literacy, is that you have your spelling test. Let's say you are, you know, keen Emily and you get up and you've learnt that week your spellings. But A, are you going to spell them correctly in four weeks time or a year's time if you get 10 out of 10? B, if you don't get 10 out of 10, how do you feel and what you're going to do about it? And what's the basis with learning? Is it purely by rote? C, do you actually comprehend the word that you're 
that you've got there would you know how to use it in in, in context would it w- you know would it would it have that so can i can i jump in on one thing there can i just jump in i've just sort of realized something right that might be slightly different between say doing a maths test at the end of the week and doing a, a an english or spelling spelling test at the end of the week often when we're writing we choose our own words Right in a in a mathematical situation, we might if we didn't know three times six, we might come across a problem that is that is based around three times six, right? But if I get a word and I spell it wrong, and I know that I spell it wrong, and it's the perfect word, you know, so and so was tenacious. That's the word. It's a killer for me. There's too many I's and O's and U's and all that sort of carry on in amongst it, right? If I was to use that the dog was tenacious or the person was tenacious. Would I choose to use it if I know that it's just going to be pointed out that the spelling's wrong? Or would I would I use the word keen? They roughly mean the same thing in a roundabout sort of way in the context I use them. I'd use keen. I'd use keen because I can spell it. And, and I think that's the that that maybe is is something that I'm sure that there's parallels with mathematics. I'm sure that there are. But I just think that I don't know. With English, we do have a lot of choice in the words that we use, and there's a lot of words that we can substitute, even if they're not the ones that we that we really want to use. But that's when then you get into dissecting the 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 things that you're trying to to master, for want of a better term, for the purposes of this. But like vocabulary, you know, what was the purpose of the you know what is it you're trying to to get? You know, what what do you you know, because your vocabulary there was off the scale. Well done, Adam. <laughs> ten out of ten for vocabulary. Um, but the but the spelling um, was a challenge.